welcome to Art House Rewind. My name's Brian. And I'm Jake. And we're here to talk all things film, art, and culture in Billings, Montana. So how was your weekend, Jake? It was good. Uh, we had, there was Art Walk downtown, so I feel like that fills fills up. Uh, yeah. It was Blues Fest. So I just felt like downtown was really vibrant. It was hopping. And we had Star Wars A New Hope play. So uh, it was really cool to just even that opening, like, bah, 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 yeah. was <laughs> like, like gave me chills all three times that it happened. And there was some really loud applauses and a loud applauses at the end of stuff. So I felt like we did our service to the community this week by playing Star Wars. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, if you guys haven't uh, heard already, we do have uh, two more Star Wars weekends coming up this weekend. We have The Empire Strikes Back at the Babcock on the 11th and 12th, so you can check that one out. Uh, then on the 13th, we have a Montana-made film, Mending the Line, that will be uh, playing this Sunday at 2 o'clock. And lastly, on Wednesday, the 16th, we have a birthday pick from our own Nicole Schreiner. She chose Super Troopers as her birthday pick this month. So, uh, yeah, a couple of great things to come check out in the Babcock this week. So, uh, Where does Empire rank for you, Brian, in those in the, Star Wars? Of the yeah. Star Warses? Uh, it's probably my favorite. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty high up there. I think Rogue One does it for me, but of, of the nine, I think that Empire is pretty good. I think the, here's the crazy part. I could not imagine waiting the two years to figure out what happens. Yeah. Like between <laughs> this, you know what I mean? And yeah. everyone at the Babcock, you guys only have to wait one week to figure out what happens exactly. to Han Solo. But I am thankful I wasn't alive back yeah. then because I would have been... I don't know. You know, there's no scouring the internet. What do yeah. you do? Just hope your friend has a rumor that they exactly. made up. And I don't remember even a time when I didn't know, um, like growing up, we would watch them, but I never really, I was so young. I didn't even know which movie was which. It sure. was just sort of like the story. Right. <laughs> so. Yeah. But I think about, cause Avengers, uh, infinity war mm-hmm. killed me. Oh, yeah. And I knew when Endgame was coming out. Like, I knew. It's like, yeah, you got nine months, dude. You can hold it together. for, And it was, like, killing me to yeah. not know what happens. You know what yeah. I mean? And so for... I can't imagine those of you that survived that. Thank you, I guess. Yeah. But <laughs> everyone at the Babcock, you only have to wait one week, and then you can see Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, so yeah, that's our week coming up. Um, but it, it did kind of bring up a thing I wanted to talk about, um, especially since... Uh, this last Friday, um, the WGA and the studios met again uh, to try and hash out some things regarding the writer's strike that has been happening since May 2nd. Uh, they went into some private meetings. There wasn't really a whole lot of press about what was discussed. All we know is that they did walk away without um, ending the strike. So... Uh, we are still on, I believe I looked this up, we're on day 97 of the strike as of today, as of recording. For, uh, for, for the writers. And then July 14th is when the actors started striking. But um, but I've been getting a few questions about what the strike means for us as a theater. And uh, also, it kind of did have a slight direct uh, 
uh, effect on us um, this weekend. So um, I thought it might be a good time to talk about the strike. Um, maybe just a little bit about what the strike is actually regarding, because I know some people still, you know, we follow movies a lot, so we kind of understand it more so than others, and then also just uh, talk about how it affects us. So um, first of all, writer's strike, again, started May 2nd. Um, what they're striking against um, is basically a lot of better compensation as well as um, some hoping that there would be um, things put in place to keep AI from becoming too much of a overused tool sure, in terms replacing of like trying writers. to replace people with that. You come up with an idea, but the computer does a better job with your idea than exactly. you do. Exactly. Or just, yeah, someone just puts in something in chat GPT and it's like, yeah, that's good enough for yeah. us. And, you know, come in for a day and edit it and, you know, call sure. it good. So, um, so there's definitely been some concerns about, um, the use of AI being used to replace people. Um, the other thing is the compensation, the way that streaming has become a major player when it comes to film and TV. What we have is these, the way that streaming plays into that, we don't have the TV model or the box office numbers to report what people are actually watching on streaming. You know, Netflix, Hulu, all those like tend to be pretty tight-lipped yeah, on they keep what it to those themselves. streaming numbers are. Like they'll say like, oh yeah, this is the highest grossing. Sure. Stranger or, Things or, did it. Phenomenal. Yeah, it's, you know, everyone watched this. You know, Squid Game, everyone watched it. It's the biggest thing. But like they still are pretty tight on what those numbers actually are. So it's hard for any crew member of a film to know exactly what, uh, you know, if they're, if they have a successful, or views or, yeah, yeah, you know, they can't even negotiate like, Hey, our show is the number one show. Like we should get a better yeah. conversation too. You better give me a new car. Exactly. And they, um, they also, um, you know, seasons are getting a lot shorter too. Whereas, you know, back in the day you had, a network show, typically about 23 episodes. So you'll be working like a good nine months out of the year on a single season of television. A lot of writers have exclusivity deals where if you write for our show, you write for our show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can't go work on another show while the show is on hiatus um, for the summer or anything like that. So... With a show like, um, I know Bridgerton gets mentioned a lot that it's an eight episode season. So those writers are only working maybe four or five months. And sure. then they still have an exclusivity deal that that's most of the year they're not working because they can't, you know, they're, yeah. they're tied they to that one thing and they can't even, you know, get a good. You know, they're, it's a shorter thing, so they're getting less that, and they're not getting those residuals. Because the other thing with streaming is that, you know, Friends is on TV. It runs for years in syndication. Every single time Friends runs on television, you're getting, I mean, a, a couple residuals. Maybe it comes to a couple cents, but sure. there is, you know, you're getting compensated for that. There's no, like, every time I press play on, you know... The Family Guy episode. The fla <laughs> Family Guy, yeah, you know me well. I'm just constantly watching Family Guy. But, uh, yeah, they, there's no 
payout. There's no anything like that when it comes to these streaming services that, you know, you're, you're not getting that. So you, you might work on a season of a very successful show for one season and you will never get a cent off of that again. Sure. So, uh, even though it theoretically could be one of the more popular things is that, you know, people increase a big part of your, uh, subscriber base on Netflix is because people want to watch your show. So, um, yeah, it's complicated stuff I know. And, uh, that's sort of what they want to talk about. Um, seg after that's the screen actors guild and the American Federation of television and radio artists. So, Screen actors, of course, your movie actors, and then television and radio falls under the after part of that. Yeah, and then it's kind of the one at the end of all the movies when you're watching, and the very last thing is you're waiting for those Marvel credits to give you that end credit. Yeah. You've got the like Dolby design or the Technicolor, and you know you see the one that looks a little bit like Freddie Mercury posing yeah. with his hand yeah. up. That's the, the SAG after. Yeah, the guy just kind of stand with his arm up, you know, or. A little like the end of Breakfast Club, too. Right, exactly, yeah. like the end of Breakfast that guy. Yep. Anyways, you see those every time you watch a movie, and you're like, I don't know what, what that is, but there yeah. it is. But Yeah, so, um, so SAG um, is also striking at the moment, and they are um, striking for um, different reasons, but also sort of some of the same reasons. There is a little bit of concerns about the use of technology to replace people, especially when we look at um, extras. I was going to say, so they, sh- there was an interesting, was it Vulture that had the article about the extra? Um, that they were basically... I, I've been hearing it all over the place, but I'm sure Vulture had a But big, they basically want to, like if I wanted to be a background character on a show, they buy my rights and then they can use a digital version of me Yeah, whenever. so essentially, you know, a lot of times extra work is you can come in and you get like a day rate. It's very little. It's like maybe a hundred bucks a day. And you don't get to touch the craft table or you do? Cause this um, is, depends on production, I'm it. guessing. But, um, but it's, you know, these are people that are just hanging out in the background. They're not the main focus. They're just filling out a room most of the time. Um, there's always a thing of how... Um, they're not allowed to speak because if you have a speaking role, then you have to um, get more compensation for your voice rights as well. But these people in the background, you'll see like someone at a dinner table that's chatting. They're not actually saying anything. They're just mouthing words to each other so Mm -hmm. that um, they don't have any audio on hand that is um, usable. They fill in with a sound bed to actually make that sound happen. Uh, for that background noise, but um, but yeah, they want to essentially instead of giving people that you know little paycheck to just come in and fill out for a day's work, they would instead replace people with you come in for a day and we scan your body and your likeness and everything, and we can then digitally place you in the background of hundreds of projects going forward in perpetuity and you would only have gotten whatever compensation you got that day, whether it's, you know, maybe they gave you $200, right. maybe they gave you $500, who knows, but it's just like one time compensation, compensation time. that they could use in perpetuity forever. And there's a little bit of concern with that in the sense that a lot of extras are wanting to be larger actors, but this is your, sort of entry level work. Sure. If you get rid of that, it's hard for you to kind of get your break 
because yeah. you're not on get your foot in the anymore. door, get, be seen on screen. Yeah. Maybe get that speaking line that you're talking about. Yep. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard on people when they do that. You know, I mean, it's easy to, you know, kind of roll your eyes when it's like, you know, the actors are striking and you see like Brad Pitt's not yeah, working. Exactly. Oh, he can't get another yacht or something like that. It, it, really, it's these l- larger actors are standing up for these smaller people, right. these people that, you know, actors that are working, but they're not movie stars. They're not making, pulling in millions I, of dollars. I heard and, the same thing about the writers too. Yeah. I mean, like we, we know some of the more famous writers, but yeah. at the same time, you know, if, and bad example, cause the late night show guys are actually really good to their writers. But yeah, in those situations, like you might be tough in it for a yeah. while, just being part of a crew. Yeah. And then, again, I mean, even with those late night writers, I, I mentioned like Bridgerton, they have like writers only work for a little while. Late night shows, they're running year round. Right. Like they're well taken care of. But it was because of people that were striking decades right. ago that made it so exactly. that they can have that sort of cushy job. So, you know, again, we we know that it's it's easy to roll your eyes at like these Hollywood big wigs that are striking, but it's they are trying to do something for the little people that are really trying to make a living out of this because um, you know, you hear stories like the one of the writers from The Bear, when it was nominated for Emmys, he couldn't afford to rent a tux to attend the Emmys right. because, like, he just barely, like, short seasons. And, yeah, it's it's tough out there for a lot of people. And, you know, there's, it's, I mean, admittedly, it's tough for lots of professions as well. But, you know, this is their way of essentially asking the manager for a raise is by, right. you know, doing something like that. So, um, yeah. So how does that affect Art House? Um, what we've been seeing lately, um, especially since Screen Actors Guild is on strike, is that films are starting to be delayed until um, actors can be back promoting things. Yeah, so um, part, part of the, the strike, actors can't, like, Timothy Chalamet can't say, come see Dune 2, because yeah. Timothy's part of this group, and so he, he's yeah. not allowed to say anything for anybody. Yeah, so um, they went on strike during the Oppenheimer premiere, Yeah, and it was sort of a thing that they were all at that premiere, and then at a certain hour, it was... Nolan let them go, yeah, right? Just he said... Mass exodus, yeah. and everyone had to get off yeah. the out of the theater and leave because they're not allowed to attend things like this. It's, you know, and it, it makes sense that, you know, their presence um, at premieres or doing like a late night uh, thing, which again, late night is out. This is the first time since I believe 1963. That both are at the that same time. That both are striking at the same time. But, uh, uh, the, you know, it's an interesting one that's like hits home for me. Hot ones. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the hot ones guy has been doing, yeah. uh, like he did Steph Curry last yeah. week, but basically a lot of the times he has people on a show that are promoting what's coming out. Like exactly, famous actors. Yeah. So none of those people are able to do stuff yeah. right now. Podcasts, so. you know, Podcasts, a lot of them they're, yeah. they're talking to other professions as well because, you know, but it's part of, you know, the list of things that you're not allowed to do while striking is, you know, doing any sort of publicity for any, uh, project that you're in and, that so there's um 
kind of brings us back to what I was talking about with Mending the Line. When we booked Mending the Line, um, the writer, Stephen Camillo, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I've only talked to him through email, but um, he is a WGA writer. He lives here in Montana. So again, we, we think of the Hollywood people that are getting affected right. by this. It, there are people even here that are getting affected by that. Um, he, we wanted to do something with him um, to maybe stop by and do an introduction or to um, film something for us. And, uh, you know, he, he responded that, unfortunately, because of the strike, I'm not really allowed to do this sort of thing. Yeah. He did pass along a... a piece that he had written before the strike that was kind of he had given to his promoter as um to tag along with the film when it gets um seen so um so we do have something that i can read but sure um, but he can't participate like we thought he was going to because again part of those strike rules is that you you don't cross the line cross those lines you don't promote things you don't do anything that essentially benefits the studio that we're striking against sure so, yeah so um so yeah it's it's interesting stuff and uh we hope that it comes to a conclusion soon because you know we're, we're starting to see the ripple effects you know with delays film delays we've seen things like um problemista is a new a24 film it's been pushed back indefinitely um we've seen things like um under consideration are films like Dune Part Two mm-hmm. of maybe pushing back a little bit. Um, even the color purple has been thrown into the mix of possibly pushing back. Sure, um, you know several projects are pushing back because um, one of the things again with that promotion thing is the four-year consideration campaigns. Um, you can't actually be having any of those with stars or writers during the strike. So. As we're getting into this Oscar season, some of these films are like, we really need, I mean, even in general, just the the promotion to get yeah. people to come to these to films. The th- people films. aren't necessarily worried that no one's coming to Barbie or something because that was a big Because they thing. promoted it. They promoted it really well. They're kind of but, the edge. They're like know, the fence, right? They, exactly. Before we jumped in the water, they were the last things that got promoted. They were the last big thing. But any, but any of these films that, again, some of these Oscar films that we talk about how we don't see here in Billings because no one really knows or cares about them. Um, that that's a thing that, um, you know, they need those celebrities to be on the late night shows to be on, you know, Sunday morning or something on hot ones to, you know, garner interest for these projects that aren't superheroes or things with built in audiences already. Sure. It's, so we're starting to see some things starting to push back. The longer this goes on, the more we'll likely see. Is everything going to get pushed back? Not necessarily. Some things, they are going to risk it and say, like, there's enough. Um, there's also some holding back in the idea that, you know, say a studio like Warner Brothers has 20 films that they know we are complete, ready to release. But if the strike's going to go on yeah. six more months... Right. They might be holding back with like the idea bubble. that, like, well, don't let them all we, out. We don't want to let them all out because come January, we've got nothing else to play. It's a little <laughs> bit like COVID, right? Exactly. Like yeah. COVID, we knew that there were movies that people that they had finished, yeah. 
but we also knew nothing was coming through the pipeline. Yep. So that's the same thing happening here. Those writers working, the actors working, mm-hmm. there's nothing coming through that pipeline yep. that, you know, so it, like you said, the things that are already finished, they're finished. The things that are in editing, like yep. maybe they're getting edited, but yep. at the end of the day. And there's things too of, you know, how are those getting, because Actors aren't allowed to do any um, what they call ADR, um, which is basically taking, coming back in and re-recording lines that maybe didn't come out the cleanest or maybe it's off stage that they're like, hey, we just need like another line to kind of help connect this tissue and you can't record any of that stuff. So some, they're either going to continue working to see like, can we release this without having to call an actor in or they're going to say like, no, this really needs help another line. and we're gonna yeah. delay until we can get actors in to re-record some lines so yeah fun stuff that you learn about production too that yeah and i think you know we had really good discussion around our table uh when the writer strike started of the last time thing the writer strike happened was the like 2008 yeah and the things that were impacted because mm-hmm. of that kind of live in infamy of like, yeah. man, I really liked watching Heroes yeah. and it went to crap because, yep. and they kind of ruined, you know, the arc that the regular writers had in place. Yep. And then things like, uh, you know, JJ Abrams took on Star Trek yep. and he was the director writer, but wasn't allowed to change the lines because, because the script was formally accepted and there was yep. a writer strike. He wasn't able to, tell like Chris Pine, Hey, say it this way or add this. Like he was not allowed to say those things, even though directing, he knew that what he was, you know? And Mm -hmm. so that's interesting to think about like, had there not been a strike, what would have, how would those projects have turned out or ultimately landed in our zeitgeist? Yeah. And what projects are the, is that happening to right now? Yeah. You know, like, are we about to have a crazy season of something that was good that go terrible? Went to crap because they're like, we, we, <laughs> we've lost our writers and or the things that just abruptly end too. Yeah. I mean, that's the other piece. Like yeah, if they, some studios are just like, well, this show isn't worth saving anymore. Yep. So we're just going to scrap it. Whereas had they just been able to continue on the stride that they were already on, it might've continued. So. Right. Yeah. Interesting stuff that you learn, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's going to, Going to cause some ripples for the yeah, next and I, I mean, you know, year Brian, plus. <laughs> Brian's right. I mean, like people don't think that stuff like that's happening here in Montana, but even thinking about the productions we have been having mm-hmm. really good success up here lately between Yellowstone and 1929 yeah. and the other shows yeah, that... Butte that, had a big pull out of, you know, they were about to do some shooting and they've yeah. pulled production from there. Because Which affects all of our economies mm-hmm. and the people visiting. And then even things like we're going to have so much fun showing Mending the Line because it was filmed here in Montana. Like, you know what I mean? Those yeah. aren't getting filmed yeah. here. I don't know. I Maybe I shouldn't even say on the podcast, but I know that Bill Pullman was uh, going to be here for Mint. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the strike affects that or if an old property falls under those same rules. I really sure. don't know all those rules, but, uh, you know, is, is that still going to happen or not? We don't right. really know. We'd have to ask, uh, mint on how that is shaping up for him. But, um, and that's, and that's another thing with, you know, filmmakers that are premiering things at mint, like we may see less, um, writers participation, maybe, maybe less so because 
some of those mint properties aren't union. I was going to say they might not be full SAG AFTRA or yeah. uh, WGA. Or WGA, yeah, yeah. Cause some of those which are is small fine because they're not they're not there yet, right? Exactly. But they're hopefully using these yeah. projects to be there to become. So. Yeah, I mean, unions have strange rules of like you know you need to have worked in the industry in order to become part of the thing, even though you need to be part of the thing to work in the yeah. industry. So these are how people make those projects is these small indie films that are like that. So anyway, hopefully that enlightened you a little bit about what's going on with the strikes and how it impacts us as a movie theater. So, uh, yeah. Awesome. Good conversation. If you feel like coming to check out Star Wars or Mending the Line or mm-hmm. Super Troopers this week, where do they need to go, Brian? They need to go to arthousebillings.com. You can get tickets there, and you can see other great things that are coming up. And we will talk to you again very soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.